You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome, everybody, to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we got a great show for you guys. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we talk about everything art, music, and entertainment, things that I love the most. And you know something, guys? This is actually our last show of 2017, believe it or not, because tomorrow is New Year's Eve, and we are all going to be perched in front of our television watching the uh, the parties, watching the ball drop, and just enjoying each other's company as we celebrate a brand new year. You know, honestly, there's nothing more refreshing than a new year. And 2017, guys, has been terrible. I, I, I admit it. But there's been so many good things along the way as well. And that's what I want to focus on going into 2018 is the positive th- things. You know, 2017 was filled with bigotry, hypocrisy, divide, race, um, just hate all around. And I, I want that to stop. Hopefully in 2018, we will come to our senses and stop hating everybody for everything and being offended by everything. You know, if we join together as, as a human race, we can, ama- we can do some amazing things. And we don't have to call out people or attack people because they have different views than us or they believe in different things than us. You know, th- that's not, that's counterproductive. Let's get productive and go into 2018 and make the year outstanding let's try to find the find those cures for these diseases let's create some amazing things for people along the way so it enhances their lives let's make people laugh that's what i want to see in 2018 i want to i want to see some real productivity and i want to make people laugh and smile and be entertained and and just know that life's good life is good and i'm going to be that person that voice to help you along the way into 2018 and beyond now, we have some things that I have coming up that I have been working on kind of behind the scenes, but I really want to hit the ground running in 2018, and that is I want to start a 501c3 for the AME experience, where we take in money to help kids or adults, young adults, whatever, that want to get in the arts but can't necessarily do that. I mean, for instance, have you ever walked into a music store or have you ever walked into an art supply store? You will see that it will take you maybe five minutes to rack up $50, and that's cheap. You know, So we know that it's hard, and there's not everybody that has that kind of money. So we're going to try to help people that want to express themselves in positive ways through art get those supplies that they want. And maybe, that, maybe that's a school. Maybe that's a, a class that they want to take, or maybe it is just for supplies. We want to help you get that and, and make, those, make those dreams a reality. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be fine arts. It could be culinary, literary, whatever it may be. Whatever art field you are in, we want to help that. We also want to be able to help give grants and scholarships to kids that want to go to school for the arts. You know, school is very expensive. I know it. I've been there. I did it. And I didn't have help. I I lost my scholarship. I lost, uh, I was ineligible for any other grants or anything else. So I had to do it the the old-fashioned way. I had to work three jobs and still go to school. So I know exactly what it's about. I know how hard it is. I feel you. And I think that if if we as an artistic group come together, we can make this happen for people. So those are my goals in the 2018. What are your goals? I want to know what you guys have in store for 2018 and how are you going to think positively and stop all this bull crap that's going on in this world with the hate and the divide? Stop it. How are you going to stop it? How can you set the example for people going into the next year? Think about it. It's pretty interesting. So today we have two great guests coming on. We have a return guest, which we're very honored to have on. Her name is Tammy Stronich. She played in The NeverEnding Story as the Childlike Empress. She is also the president of Paper Canoe Company, which does some amazing artistic things. And it's, it's focused around kids. It's focused around young adults. Actually, I think it's something for everybody. And we're going to be talking to her about what she has coming up there. But we're also going to be talking to her about The NeverEnding Story. And I chose this for the end of the year for a reason. 
in the never-ending story, she calls out, name me, Bastion, name me. That's all I need is a name. And I didn't understand what that meant until I watched the show again, but now I can relate it to 2018. Think about this. The year is a, is a young, budding uh, entity. You got to name it. This is the name. We want to name these things. <laughs> so the name is 2018. Once you do that, you're able to dream. And as long as you're able to dream, the story never stops. That's why I think this is going to be a great interview for 2000 uh, to close out 2017 with. Plus that, she's an amazing person. I'm just very, very honored to have her back on the show. Then we have Arian Zucker. She plays Nicole Walker from Days of Our Lives. She's an iconic, um, she's an iconic face and name on that on that uh, daytime soap opera. But she is starting in a brand new uh, Lifetime movie, which airs tonight, called Webcam Girls. And you know something? This really kind of opened my eyes because you know I, I've heard of these Webcam Girls, but I didn't realize it was so prevalent. And what I also didn't realize is that there's so many underage children on there, basically in high school, doing these types of things. And what's even scarier is they can do it right from their bedroom, and you don't even know it. You think, you're thinking they're up there doing homework or that they're sleeping. You know, this is, a, this is a serious problem, and I hope that this movie will open up your eyes to this particular problem. Now, Arian is going to talk to us about her role on here. She's going to be talking to us about how she thinks that she would deal with this type of situation with her own children, and maybe we can open up a discussion and change this going into 2018 and beyond. Another great movie to end the year with, another great interview to end the year with. Arian is an amazing woman, and I am so blessed that she's on this show as well. So I think we're going to have some great guests coming up. We're going to have some great conversations along the way. Also, guys, I, this just popped in my um, in my phone here. As you know, this is going to be the College Bowl week. You know, we have all the we have all the the famous championship bowls for college, but we're also gearing into the playoffs. And one thing that I saw that kind of shocked me. I mean, I, I wasn't really shocked with the NFL with the standings or with the teams that have made it. But you know, everybody hates. One of the biggest rivalries in, in football is the Steelers and Patriots. And last week, they the Steelers cut James Harrison. And now, he just signed with the Patriots. This is going to be an interesting ordeal because coming into the AFC Championship game, I think it's going to be another showdown between the Patriots and the Steelers. So this could prove for a lot of amazing headlines. I know the cheating is going to be coming out. Um, you know, that they, that, that they have... Um, they have James Harrison. The, he knows their defense, so he's going to be able to tell, help our offense around that, and he's going to be giving inside secrets and stuff. I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. But regardless, I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be a lot of fun. So the wild card weekend starts next week. Believe it or not, we are into the playoffs again already. So that's all we have for you guys right now. We are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have Tammy Stronich on the line, and we are going to have a great conversation with her. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back after this. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Darius Norman, the author of the new book entitled Rewriting Financial Rules. Have you wondered and needed advice in terms of repairing and building your credit? Do you need strategies to boost and to see quick results in building your credit? Do you need to learn how to protect yourself against financial predatory companies like debt collectors? Well, look no further. Rewriting Financial Rules is the perfect book to give you the step-by-step 
process to adjust and make those changes financially. Hi, this is Jennifer McGill from the New Mickey Mouse Club, also a new recording artist, and you're listening to AME Radio. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our very special guest. We've had her on before, so she's a repeat guest. Her name is T- Tammy Stronick, and she played the, the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story. And we're here to talk to her about The NeverEnding Story and some of the new things that she has going on, like the Paper Canoe Company and the Stronick Dance Company. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. <laughs> So it sounds like you're keeping yourself very active and keeping the art going. And I read your I read your bio on there, and you know what that what you said on 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 your website is exactly what I love to do. I like to pe- keep people dreaming and imagining and going out there and trying to do what they love to do the most. So um, this is going to be a lot of fun. I saw that on your website as well, and I was like, oh, that's really funny. These missions are similar. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. They are, and you know what I've what I've realized throughout my life is that I've seen so many people with such amazing talent, and they they just run into a little bit of a wall, and they just collapse next to it, or they they can't figure out how to get around it. But you know, the wall is only as far as you can see, so you can either walk around it and take the long way around it. You could try to climb it, or you could go under it. But there's always a way around these things, and we can't let that get in the way of our dreams. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like the world would be a kinder, happier place if somehow everyone was pursuing something that was genuinely meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I think, like, not only would it, like, does it help you, but that, you know, that somehow as a, as a, as a community we would all be a little bit um, more generous to one another if we, you know, felt that we had the opportunity to connect with things that, you know, felt really fulfilling. So... Yeah, it's a goal. It's a goal to to do that, and it's hard to do that. Uh, it takes a lot of tenacity, and also, you know, to try to um, to talk about it so that we continue to push each other and inspire each other to keep reaching for that. It's very important, and you know what I love about the arts is that they can touch so many people. Not only is it therapeutic for some people, um, but it's also you know a way to enrich somebody else's life. 
you know, you might put something out there that's very deep and meaningful to, to you and it touches them and, and you help them along the way. And it also makes a, the world a, an amazing place to look at. I mean, everything that you see around you is touched by some type of artist and in some way, shape or form. And that's what's so amazing. Yeah, I know. I sometimes have this like fantasy of could we have like a, a day where we took like all art away? I mean, you can't because architecture is art and a delicious salad is art. And, mm-hmm. you know, but like, but what if, what if somehow you could take art away for one day so that maybe somehow the value and the, 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 the way that it enriches us could be sort of seen? Because sometimes I think it feels a little intangible. Yes. Um, there be just, you know, something powerful about kind of demonstrating the degree to which we need art. You know, we need, we need to be um, in, you know, in eating beautiful things and hearing beautiful things and reading words that inspire us and hearing stories that give us courage and that, you know, all of those things, because they're somewhat baked in and, uh, and oftentimes you can't really hold it in your hand. Um, it's hard to kind of remember uh, the impact that these things actually have on the quality of our life. And, you know, when you were saying that, I had this visual. Um, you probably remember it back in uh, with Warner Brothers. They had that the Daffy Duck thing where Bugs Bunny was the, was the drawer, and um, he kept erasing, like, his beak and everything like that. <laughs> and you remember yeah. when he stretches out into that white room and there's nothing around him at all? Yeah. That's kind of what I, would, what I was thinking that that would feel like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, I mean, I have to say, I feel like it's a little bit what the never-ending story is about. Like, mm-hmm. to me, the nothing sort of encroaching, it's, it's, it's the sort of death of our um, kind of insistence on, you know, imagining and, and, and keeping wonder in us alive. And, um, and I think really, uh, you know, that's the role of good storytelling and good art is to kind of keep making us see the world afresh and anew and from new perspectives so that we never dull ourselves completely to how rather fantastical it all is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, right after we talked, I was walking through Walmart and I found a copy of The Neverending Story and I got so excited because, you know, I haven't seen one in decades and I was just so excited to see it I'm like so I went and bought it and brought it home and uh, I watched it again and you know when I saw it as a kid I loved the characters I loved the colors I loved the the fantasy of it but I didn't understand the story as much and now when I got to see it as an adult I'm like wow what a powerful powerful story that thing is and remember I last time I asked you you know why was why was um, uh, Bastian asking you you're calling for him to ask to give you a name and yeah. now it's like wow what what a thing you're a dream and as long as you keep making that alive it keeps growing and yeah. what a what a wonderful story that is i totally agree i mean i think the staying power of the film it has to do with the fact that we kind of all of us still need that message and um and so it sticks around because it's it's really productive to hear (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um and that also i don't know i also feel really my thing that i really love about the film is um just the notion that i some i think that sometimes we can feel really small in the world and that somehow we're not really going to be able to have any impact that the really big problems that face the world and uh all the tragedy that's going on you know can feel so disheartening like how will i ever be able to assist <laughs> right and and i don't know i feel like the the this notion that you know the empress tells bastian you know he can't imagine that one little boy could be that important and you know i think there's something really important about this idea that each one of us is a world and the capacity to imagine inside each one of us can be the size of a universe, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that really um, this the sense of smallness that we carry in some ways is a little bit of an illusion. Like we, 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 we need to believe um, in our own 
uh, ideas and in our own value system and in our own um, capacity to create a world that makes sense for us and that that is, there's actually a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love the most, and it really hit me when I watched it, is that your your character was, was the childlike empress. And I realized how innocent that made that that made the whole the whole dream and dreams are innocent and they're they're they can they can grow into anything and that's why you know having having that portrayed as like a as a small child with innocence that you know it doesn't understand boundaries I was like wow what a what a amazing concept to to label dreams as and the controller of the dream <laughs> yeah it's really a fun story and there's there's what's also great about it is like any good story it you know keeps on yielding new meanings as you as you as you change and as you have a new perspective you know I mean I think that's that's the role of art is to kind of in some ways be a mirror for us and we we put ourselves next to this reflective surface and we see different things in the artwork depending on the age we are depending on what's happening in our lives and so um, and so there's this exchange that happens and can keep happening over and over again with something that, you know, with a good story. Mm-hmm. So did you get to, did you get to, I mean, you got to see all the other characters there, obviously, but did you get to ride on the dog too? Did you get to at least sit on its neck and pretend you were flying around when you were, when you were on set? No, no, oh. it's so unfair. It's <laughs> totally wrong. And I can't believe, and I was such a polite little girl. I didn't ask. I mean, yeah, terrible, terrible. I, sh- I should have. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to at least see it? I did. Um, I mean, you know, there were green screens, so sure. it's a little bit less amazing when you see, like, a head and then, like, a bunch of, you know, wires and a green screen behind it. Like, I have to say that when I saw the film, it was before CGI, it's before I all the stuff, I was like, wow, I was totally blown away because... The pieces that I saw, um, I didn't anticipate what it would look like when it was all, you know, pieced together. It was definitely really, really thrilling. And they did it with film. I mean, now it's a lot easier to do it when you're doing digital, you know, recording and stuff. But on film, yeah. it's like, wow. And they blended it so well. I mean, that was a, that's what completely amazes me about the about the, the movie industry from the uh, about mid-90s all the way back into the, you know, the, the 20s and stuff, is that they were able to blend and make everything look seamless with film. I mean, that's, it, it's, a, it's a concept that just blows my mind. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And there's, yeah, there's definitely advantages to the advances that we've mm-hmm. made technologically, but there's also something um, exciting about the limitations that they yes. had to work with. I mean, it sort of forced a lot of creativity out of people. That's true. So, yeah. And they built those things. It's not. It wasn't all computerized. I mean, that was, those were built, you know, uh, uh, props that turned into these amazing creatures. And that's what's that's what's crazy. It's 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 the ma- the work was masterful. Yeah, it was. It and it was like I was incredible walking through the sets and walking by these huge, huge puppets and through swamps. And I mean, it was it was really surreal to be on set. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of the line between dreams and reality, you know, there's so much of that in the story. But it was a little bit like that in life because it it really you just were like, can't believe this is in front of my eyes right now. Mm -hmm. So now that you're doing now that the never ending story is a little bit. Uh, it, it's still a part of your past, and I'm sure it, it really established you for, for what you've got going on in the future. I see what you're doing with the Paper Canoe Company and the Dance Company, and it's so artistic. And I can see a lot of the never-ending story inside of that, too, with the, with the, you know, the ability to just put out some amazing things. Um, has that had any impact on the stuff that you're doing now? Definitely. I mean, I think um, the never-ending story... Uh, was a, an amazing experience in that it showed me that um, you really could uh, make a life for yourself as an artist. And I think oftentimes we really need to see something to believe that it's possible. We need to have some kind of exposure to it to imagine that perhaps that might be something one could make real for oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely I saw this room full of 
puppeteers and makeup artists and costume designers and the camaraderie with all the sort of artists that were making all the sets happen was really amazing. And I spent a lot of time with those people. And um, I definitely was like, this is a really fun world. Like, I don't, you know, I want to grow up and keep playing. These are all adults that are (laughs) still playing, you know, and and that is so cool um, because um, because they just seem sort of so connected and vibrant, you know, and and and, and animated to me. So, um, but obviously after the the film's release, I veered away from commercial acting um, and I focused on dance. Mm-hmm. Back into commercial acting in my twenties. Um, I had some opportunities in the dance world, and I was also thinking about getting back into acting. And it was very, very confusing which road to had a passion for both of them. Um, but I also think that for me at the time, as a young woman, there was something really important about feeling like I had some creative control over my life. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned about my ability to kind of navigate Hollywood. And especially, I don't know, I think with the lid coming off of with all the Harvey Weinstein stuff. And, yes. You know, it, it, it wasn't a simple world. Like, I often get this question of, like, like, why wouldn't you just have put on the gas 100% and, you know, driven that all the way to the end? And, you know, I think it's important to kind of think about what it's like to be a teenager and how difficult it is to be a teenager. And um, you want to be in a world that values you for a, a myriad of things, you know, for, for your intelligence, for your creativity, for your capacity to have compassion, for your talents, you know, for, for, for your beauty maybe too. But I think that somehow turning into a, a commodity at that really fragile age can be a really complicated thing and really um, destabilize your sense of agency. Mm-hmm. So, for all of those reasons, I chose to veer into a field that um, I could be the director, I could be the choreographer, I could be the, you know, and I produced projects and I choreographed projects and I also danced in many things. And there was something really um, fulfilling about um, kind of being in charge of, of what kinds of products I was putting out into the world and what, what my... Um, my image that I was projecting into the world was. And I really feel like it was important to me to somehow establish that. Um, but I have to say I'm really excited about the fact that the lids come off a little bit because I do really crave um, getting back into acting now that my dancing years are done. I'm, you know, in my mid-40s and um, really anyone who's, you know, has all of their marbles in their head knows it's time to stop dancing. (laughs) 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 And, you know, pass the baton to a a, a more limber and younger crowd. So, um, you know, it's been confusing. Do I go back, you know, do I teach full time, which I did. I became a university professor and I was teaching full time for a while. Do I just stop performing? Um, Do I only choreograph? And it was, there was sort of a, a, a question and, I just decided that, you know, in the same way that I've always kind of just taken a flyer and gone in in a mad direction that sometimes, you know, doesn't make sense to the people around me, um, it's sort of served me well to just follow my heart and see where it takes me. And I'm excited to try to um, get back into some acting projects now, especially when I think that there is something culturally shifting in Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women directors and women writers creating roles um, for women and and telling stories in a, uh, in a sort of from a different lens that's just adding more vibrancy and more dimension to the things that are being made. Um, so um, it, that's you know that's just a cool thing that that seems to be starting to shift. It is. There has been a lot of shifts going on. But what type of role would you want to be if you get to if you get to uh, you know, get back into acting. Is there a specific type of film? Do you want to be like a superhero? Do you want to be like a, a, a detective, a you know, mom? <laughs> what, 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 what roles would, would you like to play? Well, you know, I have to say, I always feel more comfortable playing things that are slightly heightened mm-hmm. um, and not, not exactly of this world. I think I am a mom, 
so I, I wouldn't have a problem playing a mom, but I prefer playing things that are um, a little bit sci-fi or fantastical or period pieces. I'm really into period pieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think on some level, um, yeah, that's just that's that's where I feel really comfortable. It's kind of slotted in things that are slightly slightly askew from from reality. And I can see that. I mean, you know, the never-ending story was just like that. So, I mean, I could see where you can where you get that love for that. And even, you know, the theatrical things I've done, um, a lot of the roles that I did in theater sort of tended to be um, either, you know, to, to kind of be in a, a land out of time or period pieces from a long time ago, things that felt a little bit not every day is maybe a way to put it. Yeah. What do you love best about acting? You know, I really treasure the fact that feelings are valued in acting. And I, I think that we live in a world that's pretty afraid of feelings. And I have compassion for that. They're sort of terrifying. And, you know, feeling too much is really painful. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I get why... Um, there kind of seems to be uh, a fear of emotions, but I think that, you know, like most things we're afraid of, um, diving into them and understanding them and having compassion for them is always a better choice than running away. <laughs> True. And so there's something about acting which just really embraces feelings, and I, I find that to be a really valuable space in a world that kind of often encourages us to dull our emotions and to dull our senses. And I don't know, I just, I don't think that's, that, that hasn't been helpful or useful to me. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Tammy, unfortunately, we are just about out of time. I could talk to you for hours because this is so much fun and, and you're, you're, so, you're such a great guest. Um, how can people find out what you're doing and what you've got going on? And, and it, it, do you oh, have anything, yeah. new, anything new in the, in the works that, you could, that you'd like to throw out there? Well, um, Paper Canoe Company, which is the, um, I didn't talk much about, um, it's the um, family entertainment brand I started with my husband um, to create family entertainment, and we've been um, making shows in New York, and now we made an album, which if people want to get, it's available on Spotify and Amazon and Bandcamp. It's called Beanstalk Jack um, by the Paper Canoe Company. And uh, we're working on developing that show right now. Um, and they can just come say hi. They can uh, follow me on Twitter at NeverEndingTammy. You can go to the Paper Canoe Company Facebook site. Um, we've been getting some lovely videos from parents who show their kids rocking out to the music. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So if people want to drop us a line and let us know how their kids are liking it, we'd love to hear from them. And I just want to keep creating, keep making music, and keep making um, keep making shows that keep the the kid and alive in all of us. Well, thank you so much, Jason, and uh, take care. And um, yeah, and happy holidays to everyone out there. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for coming on and being a great guest. And hopefully, we'll be able to have you on again. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have so much more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop in Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, this is Crystal Hunt. I play Alicia Trisk on the new Pure Flix original series, Hilton Head Island. Log on to 
pureflix.com so you can stream Hilton Head Island and see me along with my mother, played by Don Mills, and my brother, played by Antonio Sabato Jr. Hope you tune in. This is Vic DiBetetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show. Won't you pick the Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. Her name is Arianne Zucker. You know her from Days of Our Lives. And she has done a lot of different types of movies and and, uh, TV shows. And we're very excited to talk to her about her brand new movie that is coming out here on Lifetime on December 30th at 8 p.m. called Webcam Girls. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Enjoying a little um, pre-holiday celebrating. So it's... uh been really really lovely day so far so thanks for having me on the on your show oh you're welcome yeah this is a, this is the best time of year for me i love this time of year and i can't believe it's almost christmas i mean where's the new york have gone where did it go <laughs> i you know? know and i feel like every year i say that every year i say the same thing I'm like where did our year go but it is definitely a good time to um uh, slow down it's exactly what i try to do like the last few weeks of the holiday and you know, enjoy a well-deserved break. I think we all do. Yeah, this has been a pretty rough year for everybody, so I think 2018's got to be better than, than this. <laughs> it's got to be. Let's just put it, the good energy out there and say it's going to be a great year. That's right. That's what it will be. <laughs> yeah. And and you get to kick off this year with this pretty cool movie that you have coming out, which is fun. It's always fun to end, end the year on a, on a high note. But um, let's kind of get a little bit of, a little bit of uh, uh, background on you. How did you get into being a, a, a an actress, and what do you love the most about it? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I, when I started out, I actually, acting was not my uh, dream at the time. I uh, really wanted to be an um, equine vet. And I rode horses um, probably starting at the age of three and competing at the age of seven. So really, it was all about animals. And um, I got scouted by a modeling agency and at 16. And that's really how the pieces all started to get put together. Um, and when I got the audition for Days of Our Lives, they were looking for a model type, which was really exciting because, you know, most actresses aren't as tall as I am. <laughs> um, maybe more nowadays, but back then it wasn't, uh, um, the height would always be a little bit of an issue. So it was nice to be able to audition for something. Um, and gosh, Days of Our Lives was a they did had done a, a nationwide search, if I remember correctly, for this character, and um, I can't believe I got it. It was just one of those things where I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. So that's really what started me in acting. I had done a couple commercials beforehand, but you know, mostly for just print to get me through school and to pay for college, and um, and uh, and here I am now, um, 18 years later, uh, leaving Days of Our Lives. Um, well, I just, I'd left in June and, and working on other, um, TV films, which has been such a joy. And, um, I love the work. I never thought I would. I was an introvert, such an introvert. I mean, animals were my thing and, you know, it's just a totally different vibe. Um, and, uh, I, you know, learned to be a little more, uh, extroverted. (laughs) (laughs) So is that a word? Um, but, uh, and so I find that I really do love creating um, these different characters. I mean, obviously there's the words that are written and then you find these things that you hope, you know, mesh with what the writer wants. And also you get to create as a, as an actor, um, and, uh, and find things that are the other part of it that I love so much is even if I pay, play a bad character is still finding something that people can relate to in this character as right. weird as that sounds. <laughs> um, and go, wow, you know, did this scene that I was just, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot like if someone happens to be taking care of their grandmother or, you know, in a position where they can really sit down and watch an emotional scene of mine and connect to it. I think that's my favorite part is the result of how I can affect someone who's watching, um, you know, any anything that I've done. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I've heard that basically doing daytime dramas and, and soap operas are probably one of the hardest things to do because of the fact that you always have a um, you're, you're constantly going. The, the, the storyline never stops. So, you know, you're shooting this and then you're shooting that and you're shooting this and shooting that. So does that make it easier doing something like this particular movie or, or any other daytime um, or not even just daytime, but just TV movies or anything like that? Oh, daytime has been um, just an absolute blessing as far as working as an actress because of the speed and everything's moving faster. You know, your internet's speeding up and so is the work and so is production and they're finding ways of um, uh, of shooting quicker and getting the same results. So, um, I, so having to memorize so much dialogue and the comfort level I have as far as just getting the the dialogue out and the work, um, it allows you to play as an actor. And I, you know, I remember one teacher saying, if you don't know the words, you can't play. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a a little bit of a, um, some insecurities that actors will feel is, you know, you feel like, you know, the lines and then you get on set or you get on stage and you forget them because of your nerves. Yeah. And I think soap operas just never really, you don't really have time to get nervous because you have to (laughs) deliver so much stuff. Um, it, it becomes a part of you. It just becomes a part of the thing you have to do. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting here reading this reading this movie that you're a part of, and you actually play um, Alex, who's uh, I'm sorry, you play Alex's resourceful Rachel. mother, Rachel. And yeah. um, you know, this is a really kind of a scary type of a movie because I see so many things like this happening. You know, it, I know this is like a webcam type of thing, but I see this happening with like you know photos and and social media where they're getting on there and they're pr- and people are putting out these provocative photos of themselves most of them when they're in school and you know sexting and all these other types of things so this is a real problem that's going on not only here but across the world so what made you want to be in a movie like this and what do you think the most important thing that we learned from this movie is uh the one the most important thing for me about playing this this mother is this is the closest character to myself that I've really ever played and um, because you know Rachel really it does want to protect her daughter Alex and Alex happens to be a really good kid they you know they just are going through their little you know emotional journey in this film but what the joy that I found with um, uh, Alex Sedona's character is that you know, when you do teach your child and you help guide them in the right directions, that she is now becoming, Alex has become this voice for her cousin who is choosing to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think this is such a, you don't, I don't know if people will pick that up and I hope they do in the movie, but for me, I'm like, there is that, um, there is truth to uh, having good guidance in your life and also having a peer. That, that helps you with guidance in your life, that it doesn't always have to be an adult. And I feel like throughout this movie is, you know, I break characters down like crazy, so you <laughs> have to forgive me, but I, that is what I found. What I found so wonderful about my daughter is that she's, uh, about Alex, is that she is trying to do this for her cousin. Um, and then, of course, the conversation about such major issues um, uh, that the Internet does cause for our youth and that our young people don't have any experience, and I think that's where they get themselves in trouble, is the the um, the life experience that they they they're the lack of it, I should say, that they're exposing themselves to, that they don't really understand the repercussions of it. And this movie is such a wonderful conversation starter, even if it's just with your own family members, and that's what I really love about this this film. Yeah, I was seeing that too when I was looking at this. I'm like, this is a good conversation starter because sometimes we just forget that this kind of stuff even happens. Because I mean, not all not all of us are on Facebook or on any of these other types of webcam chats and stuff, so you don't even know what's happening. But it it does, and it, it it's it's happening to the younger generation just as much as it is adults. And um, that kind of opened up my eye when I was reading this. I'm like, wow, that's that's this is going to be a great movie, and I think it's something that we all need to be aware of that's happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, again, it's the best thing we can ever do. And, you know, just the the, the way that um, 
the times are going now, you know, with social media being so easy to just write it down, send it, and walk away from it, is continuing um, the, the communication. And um, I just don't want, you know, families to forget that or new parents or things like that. It's just it's, it's one of the most important things that we cannot lose as a society is, is having actual conversations. So I do love that. And I, that's the one thing I like, really love to stress about this film. Now, I know I know that everybody should know what a webcam girl is, but tell everybody what this movie's about and what a webcam girl is, just in case somebody doesn't know. Well, a webcam girl, it, it, I guess there is a term for it, and it's called camming. And um, apparently it happens. This is just knowledge that I recently found out about, but it's more of a dark web thing, I guess. <laughs> Not for, I couldn't be totally certain. But, um, and these girls, basically, it's a, let's just say it's a new form of stripping. So they um, are go online and uh, make money through, you know, each step of the way. If you want to see more, you put a certain amount of coins in or points or something like that. And uh, that's basically what a webcam girl is. And, you know, for in the film, this, um, my niece, you know, ends up taking it a step further. Um, which ends up, you know, costing her um, some serious problems, you know, throughout the film. Uh, so, and, you know, and I can imagine for what, you know, in history, throughout history, women have had to, either by choice or not, um, put themselves in situations to make their lives better. I don't think they actually want to do it. I think, or I don't think they like it, I should say, but it's a means to get themselves out of a situation um, that they're not really happy in. And so camming and, you know, and stripping and things like that help women, you know, financially move themselves out of what they hope to move themselves out of a situation. So, um, it's kind of, if it, it's, they're similar lanes. Yeah. And you, what's really scary about this is that, and it surprised me when I was doing a little research after I saw the, the movie coming through that this can actually be done from somebody's bedroom in, in their yeah. house and not even know it. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're safe, but yet you're not. You know, it feels like you're in the comfort of your own home, but, you know, you just don't know. And um, that's that's the extra frightening thing about it, um, is just where does this video go? And and by the way, they don't go away. These, these things might, they just, they, you know, it feels like they're just flying into the Internet or you think you can press delete, but somewhere this content has to sit somewhere. That's right. So... I've heard that so, uh, so too often is that anything that you don't want to be seen, don't ever put it on the Internet. Because once it's up there, it's on somebody's computer somewhere. Um, yeah. It, it may not be on somebody's personal computer, but it is on somebody's uh, main server. And there's net, you can never really completely erase anything off of that. Because I actually, as a photographer, I, I'll tell you a quick story about it. And it might scare everybody. But I had just gotten all my photos done. I got back, I put them in my, in my hard drive, and then I had the hard drive, I added a slave hard drive to it, so that way I could, I could store stuff on it. Well, the guy wrote over both of them with my new operating system, and it wiped out all the, all the, the pictures that I had. So I took it to some place, and I had it, I had it forensically restored so I could get the, the pictures back. And ironically, I had pictures in there from like over 10 years ago that I thought were gone. And they uh, brought them all back. Yeah. It's, it's frightening. You're like, oh, look, great memories. You're like, wait a minute. I deleted that. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> That's scary. You're right. You're right. And it's, it's, uh, it's almost like your parents, you know, be careful what you say because um, it, it will come back and bite you in the butt. And this is the, the worst version of it. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So now that you've kind of worked on a movie like this and you probably had your own experience, like how you would deal with this in your own personal life if it was happening, what advice would you give to somebody after playing this character and being in a, and having that emotional connection to it in this particular movie to somebody that might actually be going through this? You know, my mom gave me some really amazing advice when I started modeling um, because I was leaving the country here and going into another part of the world where I don't know, you know, different types of cultures and things like that. And she really laid it to me flat and said, listen, be careful with every step you take. Watch your drink because you could turn around and the next minute drink your drink and then I will never see you again. Mm -hmm. 
And it is really a little bit of putting the fear of the things that could happen to you so that you can prepare yourself so that they don't happen. And if you're old enough to put yourself on camera and think that's a good idea, then you're old enough to understand the truth of what could really happen to you. Right. And so I think I would probably have, you know, a severely honest conversation about, you know, the 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 truth of, of the things that could happen. And um, so to this day, I have a very strong personality and I'm a very strong woman, and, um, but still, it doesn't totally protect me of the things that could happen. Right. So is this something that we should all talk to our kids about, or should we just try to monitor it because we don't want to give them any ideas. Is, is this something that we should be bringing up with our kids and, and you know, friends? Uh, I, I, I do, and there's a, there's a level of, you know, there's no parenting book 101 of, you know, understanding when to tell your children this or, or you know, how to tell them. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and you know she wants a YouTube kids a YouTube kids channel. Mm -hmm. So instead of totally saying no, because you know kids, you know we were them at one time, we'll sneak around and find a way to do it anyway. That's right. So if I can find a way to educate, and that's kind of like I said, what my mom did with me, she 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 armed me with knowledge. So at least I then can you know talk to my daughter and say let let me read what the YouTube Kids channel means. Let's do it together. Um, and as we learn and walk through this process together, you know, we'll both have a really good understanding of how this all works. And so she's like, okay. And then it hasn't even been an issue since. And it's like, I guess, because I've offered to be open um, about th those things, she's not as, I'm not feeling pressure from her to do it. And um, so it's, it's, I don't know. I happen to have a daughter who's willing to work with me instead of against me. Um, I can't say that's for all kids, but I just I don't have an answer really, except for the constant um, communication and like, you know, she sees me on TV or she knows there's a movie she can't watch and says why. I said, well, honey, there's a time and an, an experience that you have to get to before you can understand what mommy's doing in these movies. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready, I will absolutely share them with you. That's, I don't know what else to do. It's the best way that I know how to do it and advice from my friends and family, you know? Sure. So it's just really you have to judge the situation on your own and take it seriously. Sure. So what is the best part about playing your your character, Rachel, for you? Um, well, I think, like I said before, it really is the, the, the character that is most like me that I've played. And, um, uh, you know, I really love the fight for her independence in her career. And she's, you know, becoming our, our uh, first lieutenant and then is becoming the captain. So she's doing her Euro line miles that she has to do to become a full airline captain. I think that's an amazing position for a woman because it is a difficult job to get. Mm -hmm. um, and I know they don't tell a lot of that in this movie, but it is, um, I'd like to just shine a little light on that. Uh, and the fact that she is, <laughs> you know, she's trying to protect these girls in the best way that she knows how. And I really love that fight for your kids and fight for your family. And, um, you know, I know it's still in this thriller form of a movie, but that, that is one of my favorite things about this film. Did you ever have, me. is there anything about your character you just wish you could just slap out of you? It's like, you know, wake up and see this or, um, you know, I wish you would do this differently, but you have to play obviously to that. But was there anything about your character you just, would just, you didn't like? I actually didn't. I actually think, you know, I, um, I loved her choices and there were difficult ones. And, you know, even though sometimes I'll read a scene and go, oh, but I actually thought she did the best thing she could. Like, you know, we just talked about judging mm -hmm. a situation and believing and believing my daughter and not just, you know, sweeping it under the rug. Like, I don't think I believe her. You know, eh, I don't know. She's probably just acting or teen, teen hormones or who, know, who knows what excuse I could come up with. But I, I, I worked with her and I listened to her. And um, so I, I, there isn't. I'm, I'm actually, it's nice to say that there isn't anything. I, I'm 
really proud to have played this character. Well, that's good, because that makes it so much easier, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. But, Ariane, we are, we are actually running out of time here. Um, are you going to be doing any live tweeting during this particular event? I sure am going to do, I, you know, I might start and finish, or, or um, it's my it's my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, so I'm like, hey, happy anniversary, Mom and Dad, we're going to sit down and watch my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm absolutely going to do um, my best to do so because I, I really want to hear what people have to say. And so I was asked that. Now I'm like, Mom and Dad, I love you, but this is important. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there, you know, I'll have to interrupt uh, our, our uh, celebration for it. So, but that's okay, you know. So, um, so yes, yes, I and I hope I can uh, um, please people as much as I can as they're watching the movie. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell everybody how they can see it again and uh, what time it's going to be coming up. So it is on the Lifetime uh, Network, and it's um, double-check your time, but I believe it's 8 p.m. I want to say Eastern Standard Time that I saw it, so it might be on earlier Pacific, um, on December 30th. That's Saturday. And um, and I know they'll re-air it because it'll be so awesome, but really, um, really be great if uh, we got a ton of viewership on the, on December 30th. So, you know, if you're staying in the night before to prep for your New Year's celebration, it's a perfect thing to do. Okay. Well, Ariane, thank you for coming on and having a great time with us. I wish you all the best. I hope that this movie opens up eyes to people out there and hopefully changes the life of somebody down the line. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much for having me and chatting with me. It was a joy. You're welcome. Okay, happy holidays. You too. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. we got more, so don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd, and I released one of my most profound photographic collections to date, my 3D collection. Since 2009, I've looked for ways to bring my art to life in ways that would amaze my audience. After a rare malfunction at Disney, I realized that 3D was the way to go. Now the series can be seen in galleries all the way across the United States. If you want to see this collection, contact my studio, Imagination Art Studios, by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com and ask how. While you're there, check out my award-winning Dreams, Nightmares, Fears, and Fantasy collection, as well as my Morbid Sensations collection. Again, that's www.imaginationartstudios.com. Welcome back, everybody. we got about two minutes left, and I want to thank you guys for coming here and spending some time with us on this last weekend of 2017. We are about ready to kick you off into 2018 in style, and I am so glad that you have been here supporting the AME experience throughout 2017. I couldn't do this without you. I can't do this without our guest. We want to be the voice for artists everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or an emerging star of tomorrow. If you have passion about what you do, please get in contact with us. We want to have you on our show. We want to promote the arts any, way, any which way we possibly can. To do that, go to our website, www.theamemagazine.com. Check it out anytime that you want. And also, we're on a bunch of different uh, social media networks as well. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the AME experience. We are also on Twitter, which is at Dowd Studios, Snapchat, and Instagram, which is my name, Jason Dowd. And I am learning those two platforms, so bear with me. <laughs> also, we have two amazing free apps out there for the Apple and Android devices. You can find the links to those on our website. You can also go to the App Store or Google Play and download it just by typing in our name. And what's really cool, and I love this feature, is the push notifications. We can send you what we have coming up this week anything special that we think you need to know about, right to your phone. It does not cost you anything. It does not tie up your text messages or anything like that. It's completely free. So I love that feature, and hopefully you guys will go down and download that as well. We also have a newsletter, too. You can sign up for that on our website as well. So please uh, uh, join us again next week, guys, into 2018, our first show of 2018, by going to amfm247.com or tuning into their 11 AM FM stations, and you'll be able to hear us every Friday morning at 7 o'clock AM and Saturday at 5 PM Eastern Standard Time. 
two different shows, so tune in each day. We're also on WKLAP every Friday at, at noon. We are on Radio Love, LUV.com, every Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, iHeart, and iTunes as well. All right, guys, it is now 2018. Please be safe. We will see you again next year. Keep those creative juices flowing. Good night, everybody. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.